Hi everyone, happy Thanksgiving. Before we get started, I want to remind you we have a Cyber Monday offer on authorityhacker.com slash system. You can get the authority site system for $599 instead of $997. Plus you get the immediate access to the 2.0 version of the course where we rebuilt everything from scratch. Everything's new with 120 plus video. In today's episode with Gutenberg probably launching this week, we are taking a look at the WordPress ecosystem to try and determine what the most optimal way to publish content is to stay ahead of your competition in 2019. How do page builders, WordPress teams, the core editor, Gutenberg, plugins, widgets, etc., fit together, and where and when should you use them on your website? Welcome to the Authority Hacker Podcast, the place to learn field-tested, no BS tactics to growth hack your online business, and finally, live life on your own terms. Now, your host, Gael and Mark. So the way we build new authority sites has changed a lot throughout 2018 and most likely will change a lot throughout 2019. And and because the year is coming to an end, we wanted to look back at everything that came out this year, which is a lot of it, and kind of like reflect on how we're going to be building our sites next year. So today I'm with Mark to talk about this. Hey guys, uh, just to remind everyone as well, the URL for today's episode will be authorityhacker.com forward slash sites hyphen tech hyphen 2018. So go there. You can find all the links, show notes, and leave us a comment if you enjoy today's episode. Cool. So yeah, if people follow us for a while, they know that we're kind of like suckers for like easy to build websites. I mean, we've been some of the first people using drag and drop editors for WordPress, etc. And um, but the problem is the market was really young when we got into it, and uh, you know when these kind of markets emerges, there's a lot of bugs and issues, or sometimes you need to make a lot of compromises to to just make things easy to happen. We still went that way because without that, making things happen is better than you know complex tech and eventually just not getting anything out there. But the market has gotten massively, massively more mature in 2018. There's a number of different actors that came out. It's not just going to be about page builders. Uh, we're going to talk about just overall the site tech and how everything interacts with each other. So now it's really possible to build high-quality websites quite fast and also make sure they load quite fast, make sure that they're beautiful and branded, which was really not the case at the beginning of all this stuff coming out, and also they're easy to put together. So that's why we're going to talk about that. But first, I think we need to go back to the way we used to build sites. And a lot of this relied on on WordPress themes. I mean, we were using WordPress. We assume everyone that listens to this is going to be using WordPress, even though I think we should mention also the other site builders. But do you want to go back, Mark, maybe, and explain yeah. to people how we used to do it historically, you know? Yeah, so this is kind of like a 50-second history of WordPress themes uh, intro. But eight, nine years ago, when we first started uh, designing sites, building sites, your theme was basically your design. If you wanted your site to look a certain way, you would find a theme which looked kind of like that. And some of the more complex paid themes would maybe let you change the color or move a few things around. Maybe they had a few preset uh, page templates built, but there wasn't really much flexibility and you couldn't really customize things that much unless you contracted or hired a developer to work on your site so if you wanted full control of your site if you want to customize it the way you wanted to you wanted others to see it you would have to hire a developer and i still remember the first site i created paying someone with some in-game currency for the video game i used to play to actually 
make some very minor customizations just to get things kind of looking the way I wanted or I thought I wanted back then. So, you know, it was a real problem. And I get the point that if you're a plumber or real estate agent, maybe these like finer details aren't quite as important. You just kind of want a site that looks good and is usable. Whereas I guess our requirements for as marketers are a lot different. And I think this is where over the years, companies like Squarespace and even Wix, and there are a few others as well, have come in and they've recognized that there's this problem in the industry where people want websites, but they don't want to be building them themselves. And they can't necessarily afford to hire, uh, you know, spend thousands of dollars hiring a web design company to build it. They don't know about WordPress. They don't know what platforms, anything like that. They just want a site. And so through, it seems like every YouTuber these days is, is advertising Squarespace through some very aggressive uh, advertising. They've made kind of inroad, I would say, into what is or what could have been WordPress's territory. And there's definitely some, a lot of differences between the two types of platforms, but there's also a kind of overlap here. And I think within the commercial ecosystem of WordPress, so that's like theme developers, plugin developers, like Elementor, what you see is what you get, editors, this, this kind of thing. They've recognized that Squarespace and some of the other tools were actually solving a problem which certain groups of people had. And I think through the development of these kind of tools, which have made it kind of a lot easier to create and build pages the way you want them to to actually look without any tech knowledge. I think actually the upcoming or kind of current beta, whatever you call it, Gutenberg update for WordPress is a message that that's kind of that message has been received at the core within the WordPress team themselves, really. So really, all of this is going in a direction of as WordPress has gotten. I would say like it was always quite big, but so many people use it these days. As it's gotten more and more popular, it's starting to kind of get to that point where non-tech, non-professional users are interested in in using it, but it's not quite meeting their requirements. So the competition in the market has meant that they've had to adapt. And that's what we're seeing right now, really. Yeah, when you see how aggressive the companies like Wix and Squarespace are, you can only imagine how big the market is as well. Even like Bluehost, right? If you follow affiliate marketers or whatever, like if you Google like how to start a blog, etc., how aggressive they are, it's just a massive market, and uh, there's a lot of changes happening. It's really big because it's one of those markets where you have to invest in tools before you can do anything. It's not like, you know, you can borrow your friend's golf clubs if you want to learn golf. But if you want to build a website, you can't borrow someone's domain or borrow their WordPress. or You can borrow their developer license on whatever tool, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, there are free <laughs> ways around it. But there are certain things like hosting, for example, that you, you can't really get for, for free. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's good money. But I think what we want to focus on in today's podcast is we don't want to talk about Wix or Squarespace. We just talk about this to contextualize how big the market is and how hard companies are trying to go after it right now. But we're going to be talking about how we are going to be building the new sites we are going to be building in 2019. I think we're, we're queuing up to start a few really soon. And so as we were looking at this and looking at how things have changed over a year, that's really what we wanted to talk about today. So let's actually talk about what has changed in 2018 only. So I think one of the biggest changes is, is the way page builders work, right? When we started the year, mostly all page builders allowed you to build the content area of your website. 
Now, a lot of page builders allow you to build absolutely every single area of your website. So that's your header, that's your footer, that is your 404 page, your archive pages. So your category pages can be completely customized. Before that, there was almost no way to customize your category pages without code. Your search results pages, your author pages, anything you want, you can do that. Another thing that has come this year is good mobile editing. Before mobile editing was approximative, it's still not 100% there. I would say it's like 90% there. But very often when you check the mobile view in whatever WordPress editor, we use Elementor, by the way. I'm just going to mention it in case people don't know that yet. You still sometimes, I run tests on like real mobile devices and it's like it's it's not exactly rendering the same as it looks in the editor. So it still needs some work, but it's got a lot better. But one thing also that's really big is uh, dynamic elements that have been implemented in page builders. And that's really, really cool. I mean, now creating any kind of page template is really doable now. And I think one of, uh, we're going to start YouTube soon. And one of the first videos I want to do is I actually want to rebuild a CNET review page using a mix of active custom fields and Elementor and just essentially having, you know, the star ratings on top of the page, pulling the video dynamically, doing all of that, essentially being able to publish any review and having all this stuff filled in within the WordPress backend. And for example, if you go on the podcast template, so if you go on the podcast show notes for this episode, which is atoyahacker.com slash site dash tech dash 2018. So you can go there to check the show notes. So if you like uh, dashes, but anyway, it is pulling the SoundCloud player on the page dynamically using dynamic fields inside Elementor, for example. So we use this stuff already to a small degree. I think we can do a lot better with this, but it's it's changed a lot of things. I'm going to talk about this for product reviews a bit later, actually. This is the kind of stuff that guys like CNET, sites like CNET, they probably have whole teams developing custom interfaces to to create this effect. And you know, it's now possible to more or less mimic that same functionality, but just with these tools, really. Yeah, I'm going to talk about how we can actually use it and how we're using it already a little bit later when we talk about page builders specifically. But another thing that has changed as well is um, the speed at which you can build pages with page builders. So one thing that has really sped up a lot the way we build things, for example, is the copy-paste function in Elemental. So I don't know, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this have done this before, but you you build an element in another page builder, and then you want the same one next to it, and you need to just redo all the settings for everything. Now you can literally just copy-paste stuff, but you can also copy-paste style. So like, let's say you have a headline style that you have. You don't have to duplicate the headline. You just right-click on it. You click copy, and then you paste style. You right-click on the element you, you want to change the style of, and you click paste style, and just everything just gets duplicated in terms of the way it looks. And it's like it, all these little flows make creating pages really fast to the point where many times now, it's faster for me to create a page than to brief it to someone else or whatever. So it's really quite powerful. They have the navigator as well. That's pretty good. Basically, it's much faster. But let's talk also about WordPress themes and how they've changed. And I think I think that one is a bit scary if you're just a WordPress theme builder as well. Do you want to talk about WordPress themes or should I do it? I mean, we can both talk about it. I think, as I said before, like WordPress as a... Back in the day, you if you wanted your site to look a certain way, you would get a theme that looked like that. And it was kind of largely your theme uh, drove the user experience. Whereas now it's just kind of like sort of a framework and 10 different people have the same theme. The user experience will be very, very different for each of those websites. So the necessity 
Uh, I mean, you still have to have a theme. It's like a kind of it's a core part of the way WordPress is built around themes. But I'm not sure it's always going to be that way. Nah, it feels redundant right now. It feels like now that you can essentially edit stuff with all these editors out there, it makes sense that they would just take over, you know? And that was kind of a thing. It's like, what do you want in a WordPress team today? Well, I don't care about looks anymore. I don't even look at it just because I know I can edit everything. I just want them to not be on the way and to have certain customizer functionalities. So if you go in appearance and customizer in WordPress, then the functions you find there are dependent on your theme. So if you're using a shitty theme, you can't really do anything because it hasn't been coded properly. If you're using a theme that has options, it allows you to do things like choose your default fonts, choose the default font color, put your logo for your website, etc. And these elements are reused by page builders when you put your content templates together. And it just saves you a lot of time to not have to reformat everything. And overall, it makes your CSS cleaner for your website as well. Do you think we'll get to a point where WordPress just has all this kind of hard-coded into WordPress core itself and you don't need a theme? That would make sense, actually. Like That would make complete sense to essentially just have that where you can just put all these things in settings, you know? And then that's it. Then then you just have these page builder stuff. But the thing is, like because all the page builders that allow you to do this stuff are paid, uh, by the way, there are, I think there's like Cyber Monday discounts. It should be, this podcast should be released on Cyber Monday. So there, there are Cyber Monday discounts for pretty much every tool you mentioned today. So we'll put the links in the show notes. But yeah, all of these are paid. So I think until there's kind of like an acceptable free alternative to do this, it's still going to stay that way with Teams. But it's way more inefficient than doing it that way now, I feel. Do you think Gutenberg could be the building blocks for what that, free replacement could eventually become uh no it's not the same we'll talk about gutenberg after but gutenberg is really just a text editor you know it's like it's a post content editor not a text editor but it's not that it's a step in the right direction but it's going to be a completely different it's the customizer the appearance customizer that's that part that essentially needs to put more inside the core of wordpress and less on the theme just move the line a little bit i think though that you can can't you now within the Gutenberg editor have widgets and then those can all be like sort of customized and developed? They've always been part of core WordPress, you know? Like if you have no theme, you still have widgets. Right, but that's not within the text editor itself. So it's like it's more bringing yeah. that into the middle of a page builder rather than, you know, where you stick it down. And that's why I said Gutenberg is a content editor, not a text editor. I changed what I said for that reason. Because, you know, you can do like embeds of YouTube videos, you can do columns, you can do tables, you can do all of that. It's like the center of a page. It's not like designing your own theme, but it's like the content within the page. You can Exactly. It's a content area. Don't you think it's, you need to build that first before you build the other, essentially, theme builder parts, if they were going to go in that direction. I don't think they've said they've yeah. planned to, but... I don't think they will. I think it's just like, can you imagine the amount of developers that would just quit the WordPress team if that happened? And that's the problem. The problem is once that happens, you essentially take the entire theme forest and you throw it in the trash and you say, well, there's like these two plugins that can replace what you do. Namely, right now, the two best ones for this are Elementor and Oxygen Builder for WordPress. Looks really good as well. Uh, So these two, uh, Beaver Builder does this as well. But essentially, you're saying that. You're saying there's an ecosystem of like maybe tens of thousands of teams, maybe hundreds of thousands. I don't know, but a lot of people making a living building WordPress teams, etc. The problem is 
the way things are going, it's it's going to be kind of like how it works on the internet, right? It's like at the beginning, everyone was equal, and now Amazon, Google, and Facebook just run everything. And it feels like WordPress is headed in that direction of consolidation, where, yeah, there's these functions that used to be part of themes are going to be split between core WordPress and page builders. And then the themes are just going to be squeezed in the middle. And maybe the system will become obsolete as a whole. I don't know what you think about that, but I, I feel I mean, that I way. think people, users at the end of the day are always going to have certain demands and especially like the less tech savvy ones, they won't really care how those demands are fulfilled. They just want, you know, a site for their chiropractor business or, or whatever. And so from the user's end, I don't think it really matters how that kind of functions. Yeah, but if you look at Theme Forest, for example, sorry. Well, when finish. was the last time you bought a theme from Theme Forest? Well, here's the thing. Theme Forest just released an Elemental section. And now you can literally download site templates for Elemental. Yeah, yeah. so I mean, I think we're saying the same thing here. I think the the customization will always be in demand. And there will always be developers, designers who can provide that customization. It's the, I guess, format that it's delivered in. You know, eight years ago, it was clearly in WordPress themes. Now it's a kind of like mishmash of a of you have the, the theme, the page builder, and now these individual elements. Maybe it's going to go further in that direction so that within Elementor or Gutenberg or whatever you're using, you can just buy a premium I don't know, table insert somewhere. And then that's where you purchase the the kind of design elements and, and, and you go that way. That's going to be the hot market. The hot market is going to be Gutenberg elements, you know? So you can actually, since it's open source, you can essentially create blocks that you can add inside Gutenberg. So I know that, for example, Elementor has already created a plugin that allows you to insert Elementor templates inside Gutenberg posts. And so uh, the hot market is like, you know, putting price, it's going to be putting pricing tables inside Gutenberg, et cetera. But it's still going to be like, I do believe a lot of theme companies are going to struggle a lot because they're either going to have to rebuild their entire product portfolio or, or disappear. Yeah. You know? I looked on Theme Forest and like the most popular WordPress theme of this year, it's only sold 1500 versions. Or maybe that was mm-hmm. 1500 reviews. I'm, I'm not sure. It was a lot less than I expected. You know, I was, I was expecting hundreds of thousands. Yeah, and all the big companies now, they're switching to this kind of stuff, except maybe for like my team shop and that kind of companies. Most of the other ones, they have something else. I mean, DV has, I mean, Elegant Team has DV, et cetera. Like most people have their own page builder and so on now. It is a market that's consolidating. But I think what we should talk about now is what we want in a WordPress team in 2019, basically. And so the things we want is, as I said earlier, customizer functionality. So allowing me to, because it's not built in WordPress yet. So fonts, colors, you know, space between paragraphs, this kind of stuff, inserting my logo, etc. You want a site that's fast, so something that's not on the way, and something that is fairly safe. And really the two themes that we use right now, it's GeneratePress and Astra. And I don't need any other thing because I don't need to look at anything else because as I said, page builders take a lot over for a lot of the functionalities. The good news as well is, you don't have to spend money in Teams really anymore. If you want the full customizer functionalities, that's when you have to buy the upgrades for both GeneratePress and Astra. If you're happy with the basic, buying a premium theme is not nearly as mandatory as it used to be before. And both of these have free versions. GeneratePress is kind of like the most bare version. So if you want the least, the theme that takes the least space, then 
take generate press. If you want something that is a little bit more featured, Astra uh, is highly recommended. That's the one we use on Atari Hacker, actually. It has things like pre-built CSS for WooCommerce, Landash, these kind of things. So when you install these systems on your site, they actually take you know the, your brand colors, they take all of that instantly, and it makes it look quite good. And overall, the customizer options, I would say, are the most featured on Astra. So that's the one I like the most. I think that's kind of like part of what you're paying for when you buy a, a premium quote unquote theme like like this is they've kind of thought of all those permutations of how you're going to use it. We didn't actually buy Astra with the intention of using it on LearnDash. I think we we're going to use something else, but for whatever reason, we we changed to it. And it just turned out that they had the the pre built elements for it. Yeah, it's not the elements; it's the CSS, right? Because LearnDash looks like trash when you install it. It's just terrible. It looks like 1995. But, but when you have this theme installed, it actually just fixes all of that for you, which is really nice. And that made building the member area for Atari Hacker uh, take a lot less time, actually. So, you know, if maybe one day you have this kind of stuff, then it's kind of nice to take Astra, actually. Let's talk about page builders, actually. So as I mentioned, Oxygen Builder and Elemental, they're the two ones that are like really skyrocketing right now. The other ones, they're a little bit behind, I would say. And what I'm finally happy about is Elemental finally starting to listen to the lobbying we're doing and adding some marketing elements. So they've just added uh, better countdowns. They've added star ratings. Ben's going to hate me for saying that, but he promised me they would be dynamic soon so you can actually fill them based on your custom fields. They've added testimonials, etc. One thing I would say about page builders is they cost you a bit of page speed, right? It's like they're great and everything, but if you're a purist, and I've met a lot of them when I was traveling in Asia, you you will have to accept that they probably cost you like half a second of page load speed on your website or something. That's something I'm personally willing to sacrifice for usability of the website. But I know some people who are like really site speed netsies or something. They just yeah. They won't I do think that, though you know? you're already what making do you a sacrifice that? in page speed by choosing WordPress versus raw HTML, and you're choosing that most likely for the added functionality that you you get with it, the flexibility really, and the saves you don't have to custom build everything your, yourself because so much of it's taken care taken care of for you. So it's just really one step further down that road. And I think if you made the choice to use WordPress, it's not really that big of a step to, you know, take a little bit of a hit here. Uh, certainly, I will say that like a couple of years ago, it used to be really bad. Uh, I remember some of our pages built and thrive and the old authority hacker were like just crazy, crazy yeah. big. So, some pages had like 13 seconds page load or something at, at some point. <laughs> I think as well That's when bad. we updated how the health emission design, didn't we like 10x, do we go for like 10 seconds to one second page speed, page load or something like that? Something uh, like that. I mean, health emission actually does not use page builders at all, actually. So it's a little bit different, but yeah, it was quite bad. Like we actually done a bit of work already on uh, site speed for the new Atari hacker. Most pages load around two seconds-ish right now. So I think that's pretty okay. We've actually, one thing that we've done I know that people will be interested in that, is we've actually triggered the paid Cloudflare CDN, like the $20 a month one, I think, uh, Cloudflare Pro. And uh, it's helped quite a bit, actually. So I would recommend you check that out if you want to improve page speed. So I think ultimately, though, this this thing about site speed is you have a choice with, with what you want to do here. And these tools, Elementor and whatnot, are giving you more of a choice there. So if you want to use them and take a very, very small hit, which I don't think will have in most cases, at least a tangible impact 
negatively on your on your business in terms of site speed rankings that kind of stuff then it opens up just so much more flexibility for what you can do without development yeah i'm willing to take a half a second page pt i'm not willing to take a three second page pt you know it just depends how much so yeah, I think we've made that decision. I've seen a lot of people that optimize their page speed on the Elementor Facebook group, which is really good, by the way. You should join if you're using Elementor. And many people get like really fast low speed. I mean, I've seen some people like like 0.6 seconds, etc. I don't know, you know, how complex their website is, but you know, you can do it. It does take a bit of work. It's not something that will come out of the box if you're on like the cheapest site ground, etc but it's possible with optimization. So it's an acceptable cost, I would say now, but I wanted to mention it, that not everything is perfect, but you know, done is better than perfect. And when the page builder helps you to get things done, I think it's worth it. Um, now I want to talk about dynamic fields, right? Because I've mentioned it a little bit earlier, and I feel like it's a revolution in the way of building websites. And actually, uh, that's one of the first webinars we're going to start I'll talk like a pro platinum webinars next year again. And one thing that I want to do is a webinar on building dynamic websites using custom fields because it's been integrated maybe like three, four months ago, but nobody's talking about it because I, f- I have a feeling people don't, don't really understand what you can do with it, but it's so powerful. Basically, there's several custom field plugin. And if you don't know what this is, a custom field is basically allowing you to add an extra field to your WordPress post. And that's I'm going to take the example of product reviews because I know a lot of you guys do affiliate marketing. So let's say I'm reviewing, let's just say Elementor, so I don't have to take another product. Now I can create fields for my review posts. So you can make a custom post type in WordPress and then I can say, okay, I'm going to add a field which is going to be the price. And I think Elementor is like $39 for one site, I think. So I'm just going to put the value $1.39 in there. I'm going to add a field for the affiliate URL. So then I'm just going to enter my affiliate URL in it. I'm going to add a field for my usability rating. So maybe it's going to be my star rating. Like, So maybe I'd say it's like four out of five star. I'm going to add a field for my support rating. Maybe it's a three out of five star. And I'm going to add a field for whatever. So I can basically put all the attributes of what I'm talking about in their own field. Now you're like, okay, what does that do? Well, the template builder allows you to take these fields and put them inside your content. So if you go check... Reviews on Atari Hacker right now, they're actually using this already. And you see, for example, that there is a short description on top of the post. There is a button that is a call to action button. And the call to action button has a link and has a call to action text, right? So all these elements are actually custom fields inside the post. And I can put pull these fields anywhere I want on the website. Each of these fields has a short code. So what I can do is I can take this short code and I can put it inside my post template. So like you can see these headers with the call to action buttons, etc. But I, I can also pull these shortcodes in say my uh, what is the best page builder for WordPress blog post. And let's say we're talking about price, I can pull the price, I can just pull the shortcode and say Elementor price shortcode. And then what happens is let's say Elementor increases their price on January 1st, 2019. It's not $39 anymore, it's $49. Well, I'll just go in my Elementor review. I'll put $49 in that one field. And every single place on my website where I've mentioned the price will instantly update because it's based on the shortcode for that field and instantly reflect what you know the reality of the offer. And what that does when you're running large affiliate sites is 
you're managing dozens and dozens of offers that update all the time, and you're often creating several pieces of content that mention these offers. And if you want to give accurate information, let's say Elementor changed their price and we have 20 pages mentioning them, I will have to go and find all the pages where we've mentioned this and go and edit it. Whereas now with this custom fields, my whole site gets edited. And most importantly, this data can be put inside really nice looking formats. So for example, the star ratings that you see on, on the reviews, for example, the price that you see just under the call to action button, all of this is dynamic and is looking like it's a much more complex page than just a blog post. So you can, with custom fields, you can make beautiful looking pages that have this dynamic content. You can make sites that are much easier to maintain in terms of having up-to-date content. And one thing that I've seen actually is since we've implemented that on the Atari Hacker website, pretty much every single review page has gone up in rankings actually. So, so it do, I'm not saying that this is what it did. A lot of things changed when we released the new site. So what I know is that we have some pages that went down, but the review pages in general all went up. So it's something that allows you to build better pages for the user intent, I guess. A couple of caveats here. First, regarding the price thing, I think that's hugely powerful. However, you just got to be careful if you're working with Amazon because officially you're not allowed to mention the price unless you're pulling it via the, via the API. That's a whole different discussion, really. But in terms of if we're doing a re elementary review and we're talking about, hey, the price is now, it w was $30 and now it's $40 and we can automatically change everywhere. Maybe even within our article, we'll be talking about whether it's good value for money, that kind of thing. It's good, but it also creates a new set of problems. So you have to create your content with it in mind that these these may change. So, for example, you may be comparing the price to other tools out there. And you may say, oh, it's cheaper than Thrive or it's cheaper than Divi or whatever. And then the price increases, so it's more than that competitor. Then, though your price will change, the context within the rest of your sentence will stop making sense. So you just have to kind of have a bit of a forward thinking of how you create content there. And I would also say that if you're just doing like one review of a product, it doesn't always make sense to, you know, put the star rating in a custom field and then pull it dynamically. It's, it's more when you're using that star rating multiple times on a page and multiple times on several pages, for example, in a single product review, then a roundup review featuring that single product within it. Yeah, I mean it's also nice for the post template, right? So it allows you to in to like to put these in like a custom header. You can have a custom header with like all like a summary plus your star ratings plus all of that. And the custom field allows you to pull that in that context which you could not do before because it was outside the content area, you know? So it is still valuable to pull it, but it's even more valuable when you use these ratings in several places, as you said. Like let's say you do a roundup review. Let's, you do a VS post and you do a single product review. And let's say for Elementor, we have a star rating for usability, four out of five stars. Then we can pull that in the comparison table in the best text for why. We can pull that in the header for the single review. And when we do a VS post, we can even just, you know, a lot of these VS pages that rank on Google, they're just literally just a table comparing features and putting the star ratings against each other and a little bit of copy on top. And so you can pull the same star rating here and wherever you're going to be updating it is going to be updating everywhere. By the way, one thing I wanted to say is uh, since the dynamic star ratings are not yet in Elementor, if you want to do something like this, the trick is to actually use a 
shortcut plugin for star ratings. I can't remember the name. I'll put it in the show notes. So show notes will be atarihacker.com slash site dash tech dash 2018. And so you put the shortcode and then you pull the dynamic value. It's really not the best format the podcast to do that. You pull the dynamic value in your template and then you just put, uh, let's say if you want to put five star, you put five. And then you can put some text before and after your dynamic value and you just put the shortcode, the before and after shortcode for the star rating. It allows you to do that. I'll just make a, maybe a quick video for the show notes and put it in there. But that's the way we've done it. Feel like we're going to be creating a lot of content around this next year yeah yeah it's like people don't realize how powerful it is but it's so good uh you can really like if you want to recreate, recreate a site like cnet you can now do this it's it's the first time that you can do that without like a very expensive developer so it's really really powerful and you can change the layout you can do cro and then change the layout and update all your review pages at once etc it's really really powerful so yeah that was kind of like the dynamic custom fields type talk we probably will talk more about dynamic content and dynamic websites in the future because i think that's the next step for serious authority site builders i think we should talk a little bit about gutenberg right now actually so you're like oh it might be coming soon it's actually coming really soon normally so if things are ready it's actually releasing on november 27 so actually this week at the time at which we're releasing this podcast which is really timely and really lucky really <laughs> we've been playing quite a bit with it so i quite like it if you check on the plugin repository you see it doesn't have that good star ratings i think the early versions were a bit terrible but it's quite good now it really modernizes the wordpress editor the first reason why we switched away is because the WordPress editor feels like, once again, it's 1995, you know? But Gutenberg adds a lot of things that were missing, like columns, tables, basic image editing. Uh, you can easily embed YouTube videos, etc. even though it wasn't too bad lately. You have a template system, so if you, if you create a blog that you want to reuse, you can literally just call it back on any other post, etc. You can finally change your font color and size. Can you imagine that? Uh, it only took 10 years, right? So like all these things are actually doable with Gutenberg now, which is quite nice. And um, the widgets, uh, it's open source, so you can actually create custom widgets. So you can either hire a developer to create whatever widget you need. That could almost replace shortcodes, I believe. And there, you, there will be a lot of plugins for it to add a bunch of stuff, right? So it's quite cool. And it's also drag and drop. So you kind of get a lot of that page editor filling back inside the default WordPress editor. And to be honest, I like it so much that if you check the new authority size system that we released, you see that we actually build our content, our posts, just inside the basic WordPress editor. I'm going to record the version for Gutenberg when it's officially released, but that's future-proofing everything so much. And it's just, it's enough for blog posts, really. I don't think you need more. You want to say something? Yeah, I just think as well, the layout of it, it feels much more like a kind of writing pad that you can, as a, you know, as a writer, like creatively just sit there and bang out a blog post. Whereas I don't know too many people that would actually write their content in the word, the old WordPress editor before. It's just like a visual kind of, I don't know, feel thing, really. Exactly. You can open it and walk there. It feels nice. And, and you get a good idea of what your page is going to look like eventually, which you did not with the default WordPress editor. You didn't even have the same fonts, etc. Like now it's a lot closer to what your page is going to look like. And also because it's going to be the default WordPress editor, this is very future proof, right? I mean, how long did it take to migrate all the health ambition blog posts back to the default WordPress editor? Like several months or something? 
So, and I know a lot of people that as they grow, just realize their dependency on, on page builders and just move back to the default WordPress editor. So it's not a, a single case. And just move just by default doing all your content in that new, much improved WordPress editor is going to future-proof your website a lot. So I still like page builders. I like them for their theme building abilities now and also for their page building abilities. So, you know, building your homepage, uh, building specific pages like sales pages. Maybe if you do like some really epic skyscraper content, they can be a really useful tool to make something a little bit fancier, for example. But for a default blog post, I definitely know that in 2019, maybe even just for Tori Hacker, I'm considering just making shortcodes for all our boxes, et cetera, and just ditching page builders for all blog posts. We're going to be using Gutenberg a lot because it's, it's now good enough to do it. And you know that this is going to be part of core WordPress. So the company cannot go bankrupt. It's not going to discontinue. They're not going to release a version that just messes up with your whole website or the chances are low at least. I think other people are going to build on top of it rather than build competing kind of infrastructure. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, overall, it's going to be really nice for 95% of your content. And then when you want to build a more fancy page, you just open your Elementor or whatever you're using for Page Builder. And then you build your page there. And then your page builder is also building the environment around your blog content. So it's building the header, it's building the sidebar, it's building you know the call to action under, maybe the call to action above the content, so the way the, the whole page is laid out. That's what your page builder does now. And this has really changed. Like at the beginning of the year, people were not even thinking of websites that way. It's really brand new for 2018. So I think it's good that we're talking about it. So really, that's where we're at with site tech right now. That's how we're going to be building sites uh, going on, uh, we're going to start the year with some new sites in our portfolio. So, And I'm quite excited for it because I feel like simple setup and just relying on default WordPress editor for our stuff while having the editing capabilities of tools like Elementor is going to be very easy to work with. So very, very excited for that. I just want to add, I think that's a really good point. And I think that's something we overlooked for a long time when it was kind of just us really working on the sites with the odd kind of VA or someone doing a specific job. But as our team kind of grew a little bit larger and more people were involved in different parts of it who weren't us, we kind of underestimated the complexity that we'd built with our old setup, basically. And I think that um, this year for us has been a lot about simplifying and streamlining what we do so that it's easier for others and for us as well to to work with. Like the time from finishing a blog post to getting it up is much, much faster than, than it used to be. Yeah, so that's basically, but like it's still, the sites still look way nicer than they used to look like a year, year and a half ago. Like we haven't compromised on the feel, the branded feeling, et cetera, of what we're building. We've just, it's just a lot of new tools came out and allowed us to do this. So I think we should just do a quick recap because if someone's listening and hasn't taken notes or something and wants to go and check all that stuff, really the base setup we're going to be using for 2019 is going to be WordPress still. We're not switching to Wix or anything. I don't think that's ever happening. Most likely Astra is going to be the default theme we use on all the websites. Elementor, mostly for the page building capabilities, just the theme building, like the header, the footer, the post layout, etc. We're going to use ACF, uh, Advanced Custom Fields. There's a free version, so you don't even need to pay for it. That to build all that dynamic content that we can then implement with Elementor inside the content. And then the 
editor for pretty much every blog post is just going to be Gutenberg. And it's going to be quite interesting to check what types of plugins come out. I expect a lot of them to come out. If it's really coming out this week, I would expect that in December, it's going to be Gutenberg plugin festival, you know, uh, there's going to be so many of them. So that's basically the setup that we want to go for right now. Do you want to add anything to this, Mark? Just to remind anyone, in case you weren't clear earlier, Gutenberg, it's free. It's a core or it will be a core part of, of WordPress. So I don't even think you'll have to download the plugin. It'll just be like automatic, won't it? Yeah, you can install the plugin right now. So that's the way we're using it right now. You can install the plugin. It's built by the guys who built WordPress. But it should be the default editor in WordPress 5.0 that's supposed to come out on November 27th. But they've also said that if it's not ready, if there's some any kind of issue and they, they haven't talked about this yet, then it will be pushed back to the beginning of next year. Yeah, I think maybe that's the reason why it's been in beta for so long is they really have to get it right because if they're, if they're updating something so like core to, to WordPress and it doesn't work or it breaks or loads of people hate it, then it's going to drive a lot of people away from WordPress as a platform. Yeah, it's uh, it's probably the biggest core change they've made for users in a long time. They made a lot of like changes in the in the back, you know, like the way it posts autosave, etc. There's a lot of new technology that has been put in WordPress, but it hasn't really changed the way you use it. But Gutenberg does that; it changes the way you use WordPress. But you have the option to still use the classic editor if you really want it. Uh, I do think that if you take the time to learn it, Gutenberg is way better. But it's up to you. So all the links for all the tools we talked about are going to be on autoyahacker.com slash site dash tech dash 2018. A lot of these are running Cyber Monday offers. So if you're listening to this podcast, the date's coming out. Uh, you probably still have a few hours to go and grab some deals. I know Elementor is offering 25%. Uh, I think Astra is offering 30%, etc. So if you want to just grab that stack, you can do that. But a lot of it can be done for free. Maybe the one that you probably have to buy is Elementor for the team building abilities, but like Astra, you, you could use a free version. It's really not that bad. Gutenberg is free. Active Custom Fields is free. So yeah, you're pretty much good to go if you have paid Elementor. Yeah. And these are one-off costs as well, it's worth pointing out, not recurring for most of them, I think. Elementor is a yearly thing. Okay, right. So thanks for listening, guys. If you've enjoyed this podcast, don't hesitate to subscribe so you don't miss the next one. And drop us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. That always helps us reach more people. Thanks for listening. I hope you had a good Thanksgiving. And we will see you next week in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Authority Hacker Podcast. If you enjoyed this show, don't forget to rate us on iTunes and send us a screenshot on authorityhacker.com slash bonus to claim your free premium Authority Hacker training.